Austin, um, did you enjoy my uh, little musical uh, endeavor I ended out last week's episode with? Oh, yeah. You enjoyed that? My, oh, yeah. My remix of the classic uh, Diana Ross song? Yeah. No, I loved that. I yeah. thought that was great. Uh, it's called I'm Coming, uh, and it's remix of Diane, Diana Ross's uh, I'm Coming Out by me, Peyton Brock, and uh, I am happy to announce um, it is nominated for Best Original Song at the Oscars. Just found out today. Uh, was able to submit it last minute, you know, getting it out last Wednesday. Um, barely squeaked in for qualification for the Oscars, um, and it is now nominated for Best Original Song in a Motion Picture. Yeah, and uh, I will be using my poll in the Academy um to make sure it uh, wins right well what most people don't realize it put out on the on last week's episode on wednesday used it for the outro music but it's actually a remix i i made last year and it was featured as the in credits the end credits music of um last year film uh space jam a new legacy Oh yeah, right. So if you've seen that movie, of course you'll be familiar with my remix, which played at the end uh, over the uh, bloopers of LeBron James, um, the the dulcet tones of Diana Ross singing about coming. So uh, so, go ahead. Uh, I never saw that movie. Was it good? Well, uh, it certainly had my song at the end credits. Okay. And it certainly had LeBron James in it. It sure did have LeBron James in it. I know it's because of the pandemic, but it's so weird to me that the Winter Olympics are already happening. Right, the same year as the sun. Well, not same year. Like but six months later. Six months later, right. It's. It feels so strange. Like I don't know when they announced. They're like, I saw the first ad for the Winter Olympics. And I was like, oh holy shit, that's like happening now. That feels like that has fucked with my. Uh, with my perception of time, even I, more. I than I think they should have just. I think they should have just combined the two, uh, events together, uh, and just had like the one big olympics all at once you know what that's not a bad idea that's my um solution anyway welcome back to the show this week it is coming to you on what day is this really today is the 8th but it comes out tomorrow so coming to you on february the 9th 2022 it's explaining to austin episode 43 43? I think 43. Good for uh, us for sticking to this so 43 episodes, even though no one listens. 43 episodes in, and as fresh as ever. Uh, of fresh course, as a spring daisy. Right. Of course, as always, uh, I am uh, your one of your hosts, uh, Peyton Brock, former gold medal uh, Olympian in the ski biathlon. That's the one where you ski and then you take a gun off your back and shoot at targets. Uh, I, that's like one of the coolest sports that they do, I'll be definitely honest. Definitely just a pretext for training people to be assassins. Name a time when anyone's ever skied with a gun on their back outside of a James Bond movie. <laughs> 
Um, I believe it was also in a John Wick movie. I was going to say, I think they do that in Inception, too, in that one part. Oh, um, yeah, actually, I think you're right. Anyway, I'm also, of course, as always, uh, joined by my fellow co-host, Austin Bennett, former bronze medalist in the uh, least entertaining sport ever invented, curling. Hey, curling is a display of hardcore athletic prowess, and I will not allow you to slander this great sport. Curling is a sport for anyone who said, hey, you ever wondered what it would look like if uh, sweeping the floor was competitive? You know, I, I like to to compare it more to, like, uh, large-scale dentistry, where the floor are teeth. The floor are teeth. And the and, little the little you know, thing is the is 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 the toothpaste. Is the toothpaste, and we're and, just trying to brush all the teeth. Right. Uh, that's a good and that's a good analogy, a good metaphor. I'd never thought of it. It's really expanded my mind on curling. Um, the Winter Olympics are weird because I feel like there's a lot more sports in the Winter Olympics that like you forget about that exist. Like I feel like you, you, even like the more weird ones in the Summer Olympics, you're like vaguely familiar with. But the Winter Olympics right. is like the only time every couple of years that you remember stuff like, you know, like luge or bobsled exist. Or like, oh, wait, what's a luge? Luge is the it's like bobsled, but it's one person and you lay on your back. It's apparently really oh. dangerous. Like it's it's pretty like intense and dangerous because it's just you. You don't really you know you're kind of just on top of a sled without really any protection besides like you know your pads and helmet, and you're just like fucking rocketing down those little like basically like a a, a, a sled water slide. Do you think the people that compete in the luge are called losers? Yeah, they, they're the biggest loser. Is the, biggest loser. That's instead of you know for like the world champion whoever's like the top. Is there can they referred to as the biggest loser? <laughs> biggest loser. I thought that was based on size. No, no, it's that's biggest loser. It's amount of victories. What? Fun fact though. One year there was actually quite a, a rotund fellow who was the biggest loser, and he was the biggest loser loser. I love that. So. Um. Yeah, I'm definitely more of a fan of the Summer Olympics. I'll be honest. Yeah, uh, I feel like the Winter Olympics are a lot of, like, the same thing, but just, like, slightly different. Like It's like, how many sports can we do on ice? How many different types of skiing can we think up? There's downhill skiing, there's ski jumping. There's skiing with a gun. There's skiing with a gun. Uh, <laughs> they, like, ran out of ways to ski, they just and they're say, like, well, what if we just give them a gun? Yeah, just give them a gun. Uh, there's, then there's, like, oh, well, we do skating uh, where you do it as a race, we'll do skating where it's a you do a dance. Uh, we'll do skating. Um, I don't know. Those are you do skating where you play hockey. Is hockey still? Or did I think they might have take that out? Is hockey in the Olympics? It used to be because there was like the whole big miracle on on ice thing where the U.S. team played the, on 34th Street. the Soviet Union team, and then Santa oh, Claus yeah. showed up. Um, they called that the see, miracle of ice on 34th hockey. Street. Santa showed up at the end there and made it made it a tie. Um, I they might have yeah taken... no it's it's still a thing. Oh okay I didn't know I, I I don't know I thought they might have taken it out but and then there's no. like all the different types of, of sleds that I mentioned like bobsled and luge and stuff. It's it's all very it's all just like different types of like skis and if it involves ice and sliding over it. Yeah it's all just different types of ice sliding. It's like, how many sports can we do that involve sliding around on ice? 
How fast can a person go on ice? Right, that's basically the Olympics, um, Winter Olympics. Okay, I'm pulling up the list of Olympic sports in the winter. Right. Anything where it's not sliding around on ice, Austin? Cause I, Alpine skiing, that's, biathlon, yeah. which is the skiing with a gun. Yes. Bobsleigh. It's not bobsled, apparently. Oh, okay. Um, cross-country skiing, right. curling, right. figure skating, yep. freestyle skating. Yeah. Ice freestyle skating. Skiing. That's where you jerk off on ice. No, it's where they just throw fr- like clay pigeons at random locations oh, and you got to shoot them. Freestyle skeet shooting. You do it in But it's in the snow and the clay pigeons are white, so it's really hard to see them. Right. Um, okay, luge. Uh, Nordic combined. I have no clue what that is. I'm assuming it's know, some sort of the skiing. The diagram looks like they're on skis right. and a snowboard. It's just skiing. Uh, short track speed skating. Right. Skeleton. That's like another sled thing, I think. It's like a luge, but you're facing forward. Right, okay. They just said, oh, we need one more. Do that one, but turn around. (laughs) What do we call it? I don't know, skeleton? (laughs) They just sound like the first thing they saw. It was like a Halloween decoration left up. (laughs) They were at Spirit uh, Halloween. Skeleton. (laughs) Uh, Ski jumping, snowboard, and speed skating. That's it? Yep, those are all the sports in the Winter Olympic Games. Every single one of them involves sliding on ice. Good. Good to know. Uh, maybe they should get some variety because we're really what, not. That's you why know, no one like, likes the Winter Olympics because it's all boring. Are we like, are we dumb for noticing for being the fir- for thinking we're the first ones to notice that it's all just sliding on ice? Probably not. We're definitely not the first people, but I mean, I think. I mean, are we dumb for thinking we're the first? <laughs> I, I don't think we're the first. So no, I don't feel dumb because I don't well, think I'm the first. Well, more like like. I can't believe I hadn't come to this conclusion right. before. Like, think, it feels obvious. I think the issue is, as, as, a, as a society, as a culture, we should be more... It should be more recognized that the Winter Olympics is kind of dumb because it's all, like, just the same thing, slightly different. So, right. yes, I, I think agree. that should be more of, like, a, a common thing, but it's not. Or a more common understanding. Speaking... Yeah, and then, like, I scroll over to the Summer Olympics, and it's, like... Three times people as many are running, people are swimming, people are biking, people are uh, kayaking, people are skateboarding. They're I mean, wrestling. They're wrestling. They're they're, they're judoing. They're weightlifting. They're fight. Yeah, fighting and kung fu or There's whatever. Boxing, boxing, karate, taekwondo. Yeah, I mean it's much more variety. It's like what if, it's like if this the Summer Olympics was all like on a track. Like, if everything was, like, running-related or, you know, like... It's on all a, track and field events. Yeah, like, it, it was just, like, every type of track and field event. Yeah. That was it. Um, speaking, g- good conversation about the Olympics. Thank uh, you. Winter Olympics, it's stupid. Uh, speaking of physical activity, though, uh, I did you see today, I saw an article, apparently, uh, amid dropping stocks and... <laughs> worth peloton has laid off 2800 employees but they're giving them all one free year of a subscription to peloton services with me no i'm serious that's uh it's a real report so 208 uh 2800 people laid off from peloton giving them one free one year subscription on the way out uh, I, I did... That's a really cool severance package. Yeah, that's pretty... That's pretty shit. They... I did see this. Um, th- so, also, I mean, I guess this is slightly good. 
they replaced their CEO with a new person at least. So at least like, you know, their fuck up CEO is like also out of a job. Obviously, it's going to hurt less to him than you right, know, to cause whatever you know other employees. Right, right. Whatever other employees. But like at least, you know, I, I don't know. I guess that's some... Um, I guess that's slightly good, at least, that, like, he's facing some repercussions. Still, though, apparently, through that, because someone quote-tweeted that thing about him being replaced, apparently this former CEO, John Foley, (laughs) there's this quote, I'm not sure, I'm assuming, from some sort of interview article or blog or book. It says, apparently, he said this about his daily routine. Quote, sink drink. 20 years ago, a colleague told me the key to your day is to hydrate as much as you can. So the first thing I do is drink 40 sips of water from my hand at the upstairs bathroom sink. It's efficient. Wait, what? I drink until I feel like I'm going to throw up water every day. What? Why? Dude, keep a cup in your bathroom. 40 sips of water from my hand at the upstairs bathroom sink. It's like a, it's like a fucking little, smacking yourself in the face. It's like a cat or a dog. Yeah, but like from your hand. That's so stupid. Why wouldn't you just keep cups in your bathroom? How many sips of water? You think he's doing one sip per handful? Like he's down in a whole yeah. handful in one? It's probably like he's not even cupping that much. He's probably just getting a little splash. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know why you wouldn't use a cup and like he's like bending over the sink this whole time. Because I know my sink is, like, you know, I kind of have to bend down a little bit to, like, you know, get to where I can cup my hand and, you know. So, like, I, I feel like you'd get tired of standing there for whatever amount of time to sip, cup and sip 30 things of water in your hand. 40, I mean, not 30. Yeah. No wonder this guy, I... no wonder this guy wasn't very good CEO. I mean, this is his water. This is his horribly inefficient water drinking system for the start of his day what a fucking genius uh it's like why do those people like why do people like that get to have money yeah good and i don't it's like the fact that they have money like enables their like ridiculous inefficient uh you know routines and and quirks it's literally like survivorship bias yeah yeah uh i agree you know, the whole Peloton thing, I've never gotten in general. It seems kind of ridiculous. Like, why are, why are you paying money to have, like, why do you have to have a subscription to use a stationary bike? Like, you It's should... for, like, the classes and stuff that you can join. What? What? How? Why do you need classes? It's a, it's a stationary bike. You just pedal it. Yeah, I don't, I'm not saying I get it. I'm just saying that's what you it sit is. There and like, you... you can join workouts with real trainers that are on a screen in front of I, you and... i don't want if i wanted that i'd go to a gym if i wanted to exercise yeah. with or around other people or with guidance i'd go to a gym if i'm have a at-home stationary bike i want to put it in front of my tv or something or ipad and sit there and watch tv or movie or you know if you're someone who can do this read a book and just sit there and distract myself while i pedal i don't want like i don't want to have a fake like group of people i'm doing it with over the internet oh it's real people they're just not with you right but it's like you know they're not like they're not your actual friends or or workout buddies they're random people on the internet (laughs) that's what i mean by fake oh yeah yeah uh and i i guess the appeal would be like oh i don't have to like drive to a gym 
I guess, but, but like I, I don't know. I just I don't do I don't do enough cardio at the gym, right? And I don't have weights at home, so I can't really. Uh, I yeah, I just don't get get it. I mean, I I have an idea for a revolutionary hit new, um, physical uh, fitness uh, technology that among you know it's like Peloton or you you seen that thing where it's like a mirror. That like you look in the mirror and it has like a heads up display on it and like, oh my mom has that yeah so this is like those it's gonna be the next new craze um, it it is a pair of, of running shoes of tennis shoes um, and when you put them on uh, because of the monthly subscription service of five hundred dollars you pay as you run it sends data to your phone. And it tells you about how you're running, but then it also, it gamifies running because how good you run and how far you run and like the, if you go up hills and stuff and it's harder, uh, that gets you more points and you're competing against everyone else who has these shoes. And it's kind of like a, it's like a big international like leaderboard of like running and then you can obviously see like your neighborhood and like oh i'm the best runner in my neighborhood but the thing is you have to keep paying the 500 dollars a month subscription fee or else uh, little little uh knives and needles come out of the sole of the shoe if you try to wear them when you're not paying the subscription fee oh, i like that and stabs your foot so you won't want to wear them yeah or like it won't let you lace them if you don't pay. Or what about this? It has magnets in the sole that like electromagnets that switch on if you're not paying the fee, if it's like declines your card or you're not paying. And so like the shoes are literally like magnetized to the floor and you can't step. You can't move. Oh God. Somehow, like some way. to the earth's core. Right. Somehow via knives or whatever, or, you know, whatever, you can't wear the shoes unless you're paying money. Yeah, we gotta find a way to do this. Uh, I think it'll be the new hit, fa- you know, like Peloton or CrossFit. It's gonna be the new hit, uh, you know, uh, exercise fad. Yeah, coming we're gonna soon. make this happen. Coming uh, we soon. Need, we're gonna start a Kickstarter. They're called the, yeah, we do. It's gonna be called the Bennett Brock uh, Techno Shoe. No, that's not catchy enough. What's like a, we need like a, a, a catchy streamlined sounding marketing name it's called... um runny but it's r-u-n-i yes that is that is perfect these are these are from bennett and brock industries the this is runny with an i and two m's uh and it's our new techno shoe workout system it's part of the bennett brock wearable corporation right the wearable family tech wear uh yeah I'm, I'm gonna contact some venture capitalists i know i'm gonna contact peter teal he's gonna he's gonna hit me up with some liquidity so we can get this going yeah it's a good idea i'm gonna um set my location on tinder to san diego and try to get some tech bros in on this great i'll set mine to san francisco but we'll, we'll corner the california tech bro we'll venture capitalist market of san cities yeah, it's too bad you live in, like, the one place in California that's not, like, Tech Bro Central. I think there are some. It's just less. It's, yeah, it's not, like, the focus. Well, I can market. I can get I can get in on the ground floor here in L.A. with, like, the influencers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that it get they can make I'll it handle popular. finding the Tech Bro. You handle the influencers. Great. Sounds like a plan. Coming soon. Runny. We should edit this part out so that way no one steals this. Shit. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs>
so that that little beginning part of our show there, Austin. That that was our our show has two main themes today. The beginning part there was about uh, exercise and and sport. Uh, the second half of the show we're going to be moving into uh, the theme for this second half of the show today is uh, elderly men. Okay. We got two very interesting articles about elderly men. One relating to something we talked about last week, and one uh, completely out of left field and completely uh, baffling, grotesque, intriguing, many things. Uh, what do you want to start with? You want the one that relates to last week uh, or the, 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 the wild card old man story? You know me, I love talking about um, old men, so let's go ahead and get right in that. Well, they're both about old men. Oh, wild card. Let's do it. It's just one relates to last week and one's a wild card. Let's do wild card and then let's end with the throwback, you know? Yeah, that sounds like a plan. So, uh, I am just learning about this for the first time. Apparently, it's been like a thing known since this came out June 2020. Um, But I'm just learning about this for the first time and I am uh, wildly intrigued. Uh, the name of this title from themirror.co.uk is uh, Harvey Weinstein Battled with Acute Genital Infection, Fournier's Gangrene. The full extent of this disgraced movie mogul's genital deformity has been laid bare after it was brought to light by accusers at his rape trial. Bro. So you're telling me Weinstein's got a gross dick? Uh, I'm telling you, not just a gross dick. As you will Nearing see here, gangrene. No, it passed that. I'll t- I'm going to be telling you how basically Weinstein's dick fell off. <laughs> oh, that's so good. So, you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Uh, this is again June 2020 article originally. Uh, Harvey Weinstein suffered from an acute genital infection known as Fournier's gangrene. That's F-O-U-R-N-I-E-R. Uh, I'm assuming I'm saying that right. Fournier's gangrene. It has been. Oh, a- I thought you were saying the infection was so bad that it like was nearing gangrene. No. Okay, For- I got it now. Fournier's gangrene. Yeah, it's like a name. Okay. Also known as Foreigner's gangrene, which you get if you've been in the band Foreigner and you've toured with them. Uh, so this says comments about the former movie mogul's defo- quote deformed genitalia has first been put to public attention during his rape trial earlier this year. Accuser Jessica Mann said she thought Weinstein could be intersex when she saw his naked body. She had she said the she said the abnormality left him scarred and quote without testes. This is a quote from her. The first time I saw him fully naked, I felt I thought he could be deformed and intersex, she told Manhattan Supreme Court in February. Quote, he was extremely, uh, he was, sorry, quote, he has extreme scarring that I didn't know if maybe he was a burn victim. He does not have testicles and it appears he has a vagina. Oh my God. Later in the trial, photos of Weinstein were shown to the jury uh, rather than on a large screen, so as not to, quote, humiliate the defendant, according to Manhattan Assistant <laughs> DA Joan Illuzzi. That is so funny. Then there is a court drawing of, like, some people in the jury box holding, like, j- like large, like, I'm talking, uh, like, a big-ass, like, not 
not like a, a larger, like a larger than a dictionary sized like printout pictures of of uh, what appears to be a naked Harvey Weinstein. You know, it's all in that kind of like very uh, freehand, ab- sort of abstract, almost uh, court sketch style. So you know, there's not a lot of detail, but <laughs> there's you're definitely looking at a picture of a naked Harvey Weinstein. Um, so oh, three part series by, uh, Graydon Carter's digital news weekly air mile has now divulged new detail about the 68 year old's health woes. According to the profile, Harvey was struck by Fournier's gangrene back in the nineties. The condition is described as an acute of infection of the genital region that diabetics and middle-aged men are prone to. What the hell? Symptoms include pain and swelling in the genital area, an unpleasant odor coming from the affected skin tissue and a crackling sound when touching the affected area. Uh, uh, Snap, crackle, pop, baby. Uh, It is claimed that over Christmas 1999, Weinstein had to be transported out of St. Bart's to receive medical attention for his problems. Author Phoebe Eaton also alleged that Weinstein's, quote, hapless assistants had to inject his penis with caverjacked to increase blood flow before intercourse. Oh, my God. I'm assuming I, I haven't looked up what caverjacked is. That's it's capitalized. So I'm assuming it's some sort of. Um, like Nugenics. I don't know. I think it's some sort of medication for blood flow or something. Yeah, that would obviously, make sense. given the given the context of that sentence. So when accusations of sexual misconduct first started being leveled at the Hollywood producer in 2017, he said he had quote PTSD. Quote, my body has trauma. Vets tell me I have PTSD. Doctors tell me I'm lucky to be alive. But lucky is not how I feel, he said in the statement. In February this year, Weinstein was sentenced to 23 years behind bars. Whispers about uh, Weinstein's casting couch culture had followed the producer for years, but it wasn't until the Me Too movement inspired 80 women to step forward. Um, So then it just talks about him being sentenced. But uh, so, yeah, apparently... Uh, Harvey Weinstein, uh, his dick fell off in 1999, or at least stemming from an infection in 1999. Subsequent years, his dick fell off to the point where people say he he does not have testicles. It appears he has a vagina. And when I first saw him fully naked, I thought he was intersex or and or a burn victim. Holy shit. And Austin, I'll tell you, I unfortunately looked up uh, Fournier's gangrene. Oh, God. And uh, that is a Google image page that you're never going to want to go to, bud. Oh, it's that bad, huh? Uh, A lot of pictures of, like, basically, like, the entire skin from, like, the belly button to, like, the inner thigh area and everything in between genital-wise. It's like the entire skin has either deteriorated or been removed. Uh, So you can just see, like all the underneath or at least a layer of the underneath and then there's pictures of like post surgery where it's basically like the deformed shriveled like mess of like whatever's left the doctors have salvaged Mm. yeah it's uh honestly but i can say this i'm you know it's this honestly you know i don't I'm not someone who necessarily believes inherently in like karma and stuff like that, but I cannot but help. But if it was going to happen to anyone. Right. I cannot help but feel that a like flesh eating genital, like gangrene type infection is perhaps like the most fitting 
thing uh, that could have ever happened to Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, aside from, like, being, like, strung up by his ankles and having his dick removed with a hot knife. It sounds like there's not much. This is, like, a close second. Right, and it sounds like there's not much left to remove, even if you tried. I also, this, just that. I love this. That sentence about his hapless assistants having to inject his penis with a medicine to increase the blood flow before intersex. I mean, like, did he have, like, someone, like, like, if he was, like, just, like, follow him around with like a little like medical case of like <sighs> penis injection stuff like what? like viagra on steroids like i feel like that's something you would want to learn to do yourself if you had to do it right i mean he's obviously a man that doesn't experience the emotion of shame right and and so, has no qualms with forcing other people to to do disgusting to things his yeah. with his with his deformed penis so I mean, yeah, I, I guess, uh, you know, um, I don't know. I guess this time, uh, maybe maybe punishment went out to the right person. I do, it, apparently, so Leah, this came to him during the 90s, 1999. So, like, you know, he was only 68 in 2020. So, like, you know, he was in his, like, what, 40s? Early 40s or mid-40s when this struck him? Like, Damn. so damn i guess you know this is a warning out there to everyone if you are a middle-aged man and have diabetes to uh make sure you don't any sort of infection in the genital region you want to get that taken care of right away so that it doesn't fucking progress to your dick falling off maybe wash your dick yeah the good 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 idea wash your dick everyone if you have a dick wash it dirty bastards out there you wash your fucking dick you dirty dog yeah, come on, just take a fucking shower. You dirty pieces you of, heard of shit. It? Wash your fucking oh, dick. Peyton, I'm just fed up with how many of our audience just doesn't wash their dicks. I get emails on the weekly saying, I don't wash, I listen to this show, and I don't wash my fucking dick, and I say, Every wash of, your dick, you dirty fucker. Every day of my life, I am accosted by strangers on the street telling me that they listen to the podcast and they refuse to wash their penis. And every day that happens, I break their nose. That honestly, you're as you should. Like, I don't even, I don't have a verbal response. It's just a quick punch. They should know. And I keep walking. I think the message should, if, if, if you're getting a punch in the nose, the message gets (laughs) delivered. Wash your dick. Uh, You know, the main thing I took (sighs) away from this article as a trans woman is, uh, fellow trans women out there, if you can't afford bottom surgery, just uh, get your dick infected, and, and maybe it'll oh fall off. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> I mean, it worked for Harvey. Call, they said he thought he had call, a vagina. Call that nature's bottom surgery. I, that's true. I mean, you know, life, wow, life find, is... as Jeff Goldblum said in Jurassic Park, life finds a way, Austin. I think you missed a line. You missed a word in that. I did? Yeah, it's life uh, uh, finds a way. Finds a way. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but... That's an important part of that line, I'll be honest. So, yeah, I mean, it's an option, you know? This is karma's gonna get you Gonna knock you right in the head You better get yourself together Pretty soon you're gonna be dead All right, Austin, uh... Our second article for today is, as I said, another article about an old man, even older uh, this time, 
but this one is about someone we talked about last week. Austin, do you have an idea who that might be? Why did we talk? We talked about. We didn't talk about Elon Musk in that last week, did we? No, no, we didn't. Um. Wait, what was the name of the episode? Well, it, the name of the episode was in reference to my Charles Manson idea, but it's not about Charles Manson nor Roman. Pol- Cooper. It's not about DB Cooper nor <sighs> Roman Polanski. I I don't know then. Do you remember our conversation about Captain Tom Austin? And the defamatory tweet oh, at his yes. at his expense. Okay, well, this just came out via Joe.co in the UK. Uh, never heard of the website, but it's a catchy name, Joe.co. Uh, one day ago. So apparently, as we talked about, he's dead now. He died last year, uh, I think last year. Um, but apparently, Captain Tom, this is the name of the article, Captain Tom Foundation has spent more than 10% of donations on consultants. One-tenth of the money raised was spent on fundraising consultancy fees alone. So we have a bit of a uh, scandal brewing here in the Captain Tom uh, donation fundraising uh, area. Maybe our maybe maybe the, this bastion of, of of boomer integrity for the British Isle of uh, is is not all that it appears to be, Austin. So. Oh. Uh, Captain, the Captain Tom Moore Foundation, set up in honor of the late uh, Centurion, has spent more on administrative costs than charitable donations, an audit has revealed. Set up in May 2020, the foundation pledged to support four charities chosen by Captain Tom and his family, the Royal British Legion, Mind, Helen and Douglas House, and Willen Hospice. The year-end accounts show the foundation received over one million pounds worth of donation. That's a that's a that's a heavy amount of money, uh, and used it to make four grants of forty thousand pounds each, uh, forty thousand to each charity, totaling one hundred and sixty thousand pounds. Of the total, four hundred thousand spent. Two hundred and thirty thousand pounds was spent on various administration and marketing costs. The account shows that more than a hundred and twenty-five thousand pounds was spent on fundraising consultancy fees between May of twenty twenty and May of twenty twenty one, which is around one tenth of all the money raised. A total of a hundred sixty-two thousand three hundred thirty-six pounds was used on management costs, meaning more money was spent on fun- running the foundation then was donated to charities the foundation was co-founded by his daughter hannah ingram moore who also runs pr firm matrix group and that's matrix with a y uh and club nook limited alongside her husband according to the 2020 2021 audit um a total of 39 pounds was paid into matrix and club nook for assorted costs including transportation website and third-party consultancy so literally the donations going straight into the pockets of the daughter who runs the foundation basically via her other companies okay so yeah apparently like it goes even deeper of this whole thing being like a complete grift because uh then with all that coming out someone posted a link to this uh which is originally from February 5th, updated on the 6th. This is from thisismoney.co.uk, apparently like a financial website. So uh, 
Captain Tom raised 40 million pounds for the NHS, but his daughter tells me me and my money. He saved cash. Dad never wasted a penny. He even fixed spark plugs. But the part I want to specifically um, highlight is (laughs) the part where um, she says... It was then that my father, who had been rehabilitating after breaking his hips, started walking again, in reference to Captain Tom. We'd had to cancel his 100th birthday party because of COVID, so my husband suggested that instead of the party, my father should walk around the garden 100 times, and we would give give him one pound a lap. My father said, all right, seems like a fair challenge. Then I said, we should give the money to charity and frontline workers instead, and made the target of a thousand pounds he agreed so i sent a press release about quote captain tom the uh, centenarian war veteran walking to support nhs to local press thinking they wouldn't even look at it within 24 hours he had done several interviews raised two thousand pounds within a week he'd raised about a half a million within two weeks 20 million by its hundredth birthday he'd raised 38.9 million and over a million people from 160 countries uh, around the world had donated so here you see this daughter who, you know, we just read about how she literally was funneling money from the donations into the, into, from the uh, Captain Tom Foundation to her own uh, private, you know, businesses as, quote, consulting fees or whatever. Not only that, she, like, and her, and the son-in-law, her husband, seemed to have, like, made up this whole thing to begin with. They were literally told this hundred-year-old man, oh, we can't have your birthday party, so you should walk around the garden a bunch, and then uh, we'll give you money. And then what if we, instead of giving you money, we raised money? And it's probably yeah, this, like, this poor old... It's a weird concept overall. Well, it sounds like they took this weird... They took this uh, poor old uh, hundred-year-old man who had just rehabilitated after breaking his hip and were like decided to elder abuse him and exploit him for like a, a media sensation. Now, which we're learning, they funneled this money uh, <laughs> into their own pockets after he died. Like that, what part of this, like, I, <laughs> I don't even have it, like, I'm so fucking confused as to why this even fucking happened. It's it was it was uh, British people just um, I don't know like being. Fucking it's just weird. one of those feel good things where it's like the perfect combination of him being a veteran and you know oh he, he's standing up to COVID and it's like a feel good thing and he's raising money. It's just all the different types of kind of like heartstring pulling manipulative uh, stories kind of converging into this you know thing. It's Which such, like, becomes like a like yeah, it's it's the exact type of thing you see reposted on Facebook and email chains and whatever by your grandparents or your parents, and you know it just got big in the UK. Um, but what what did we learn from this? Is that more likely than not when something happens like this, it's uh, probably some sort of grift in one way or another. And this time, not at Captain Tom's own fault, but his shitty family daughter and son-in-law. Uh, who fucking use this to just get rich and uh, get theirs after this poor old man died. So yeah, it's really like the a combination of like the worst type of like not all, they were abusing and taking you know manipulating this old man their their dad. Uh, not only that, but they were also then you know taking more money for their own quote consulting fees and they were actually donating to the fucking hospital system during COVID. <laughs> 
There's a lot to unpack in this shit. It, it, it's just like a, it's like a, you know, storm of just multiple shitty things all coalescing into one awful, <laughs> just piece of shit thing. So I guess the guy from last week who did that tweet, although it was very funny and I still stand by it about the only good British soldier is the dead one or whatever. Uh, I, I feel like maybe he needs to make it. I guess he probably can't because he's being sued or whatever. He probably isn't allowed yeah, on Twitter. I would say though, if he was, uh, he should make a tweet revising it and, and directing some ire at the shitty grifter daughter and son-in-law. Yeah. I don't even think it would work at this point. Nope. Uh, like people, it's, it's like it's like its moment has passed, you know. Right. It well, and it's already too late. Like I, as far as I can tell, you know, I don't think they did anything illegal. When you donate your money, this is like an inherent risk that you know the whoever you're donating to is is probably in some form making a profit from your donation, and they're not as charitable as they probably seem. Because at the end of the day, you know, the people working, you know, obviously, I'm not saying all charities are bad, but this is the inherent problem of charity in a capitalist system. I mean, that's the whole point of charity is to alleviate your some of your guilt you feel for, you know, the suffering caused by a capitalist system. Um, but therein lies the problem is you're not actually fixing anything. You're just, um, you know, giving money to try and absolve yourself. And a lot of times with some of these shitty grift companies like this, or of course the kind of infamous one in the in the States, at least the, what's the whole Susan G. Komen thing with uh, yeah. breast cancer, raising awareness, but not actually supporting, you know, it's only going to them and it's not actually going to any research or doctors. Uh, a lot of times charities taking these donations, they're just doing it to get theirs. And it's not yeah, really... Yeah, like if you look at how much money the CEO of Susan G. Komen fucking makes, it's insane. Right, and it's... Like it's, she makes like $750,000 a year. Yeah, and it's not technically illegal. It's just morally awful, but it's very par for the course in the system we live in. So, you know, while we still live in it, that's what's going to happen sometimes when you donate to charity, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a fucking shitty system filled with pieces of shit like this. Oh, so in 2013, it was $684,000 a year. Jeez. For the CEO of Susan G. Komen. Right, so... And you know it's gone up if it's like... Oh, definitely. Was in 2013. And then also like stock options, I'm sure, of like, like, you know, whatever the fuck rich people do. Right. To make more money without advertising it. Right. Uh, so, yeah, unfortunately, <sighs> uh, sorry for, for Captain Tom and this sense for taking, getting taken advantage of. And for all the suckers out there who donated to him and to have their money line in the pockets of this shitty daughter-in-law and, or daughter and yeah. son-in-law. This is so insane. Sorry about the, uh, the, the downer uh, article there. Um... Uh, that's the last article I have for today, but I do have another thing to talk about today. And it does relate because it is uh, also about an elderly man, and it's also somewhat of a downer. And that uh, I know we did talk about, was it last week we talked? I know we talked about the movie last week, the trailer. Uh, did we talk about Ted Kaczynski being in the hospital last week, or was that a couple Yeah, we talked about ago? that. Okay, well... Um, so there had been, you know, kind of leaks and nothing official, uh, you know, since he'd been put in the hospital, I believe in North Carolina is where the facility is, medical facility, prison facility, um, about what he has, that it could be like some terminal disease or something. 
Um, but uh, via someone apparently who has some form of writing correspondence with him. And, you know, I haven't seen anything for certain, like, confirming, confirming this, but it's already become spread around the internet, and I, and I believe it's, you know, been pretty much certified as credible. Um, on, on the internet, this letter has been posted that apparently someone who has a writing correspondence with Ted Kaczynski, um, uh, they posted... Um, and the main takeaway from this letter, uh, I'll just read um, a bit of it, uh, and this is Ted writing. Uh, you conclude your letter with, get well soon, there is work, there is yet work to be done. You're right, there is work to be done, a lot of work. In fact, the work has barely been started, but I won't be able to do much of it. I am not going to quote, get well soon, or ever, because I have terminal cancer. I can't expect to live more than two years at uh, at the uh, outset, and I may well be dead in less than a year, so the work will have to be done by younger people. Then he goes on to talk about um, asking questions and talking about some of the stuff he's written about in one of his books. Uh, so yeah, apparently this is kind of Damn. our real uh, um, confirmation that uh, Ted Kaczynski does in fact have some form of terminal cancer that does not seem to be treatable. He's also, obviously he's older, he's um, 81 I believe. Uh, so yeah, things not looking good in terms of the timetable for, for, for Ted, but get, that being the case, Austin, I am setting out, this is a, uh, explaining to Austin decree for next week's episode before next week's episode. I am definitely, I'm going to read, um, industrial revolution and its consequences for society. The, uh, Quote, yeah yeah manifesto quote unquote uh i'll see i'm gonna try at least to read some of it skim regarding you know at least look through um some of his other works he's published at least two or three other books like actual proper books um and then with that before next episode i'm going to write out the letter and i found the address specifically for the medical center even um that i intend to send and I will, one, discuss, read what I am going to be sending, and then we will, I will also discuss with you and talk to you about what I thought of the actual writings of his, his uh, you know, I read himself, and that will be next week's episode as I then send off the letter, and, you know, we'll hope that potentially there may be a chance that we get something back, maybe not, but we'll see, um, and I think it'll be an interesting course of events to to see play out yeah i think so i do you know obviously recognizing the inherent uh i don't know risk doesn't feel like the right word but i don't for lack of a better term risk of to myself of of whatever lists and stuff i'll be put on uh when if i do you know i fully plan on you know sending this letter uh you know i've i i am aware of that and i'm kind of you know I, I, I have no plans to do anything that would uh, make me be worried about being on a list of this kind. You know, I'm probably already on some sort of list already. If not, I'd be surprised. Uh, yeah. So, you Honestly. know, it is what it is. We live in post-Patriot Act surveillance NSA society. So, you know, to me at least, uh, it's not that daunting of a thing that I'll obviously have my name put down for for having sent him a letter uh and again you know i want to reiterate to you and to the audience obviously i do not you know 
I, I do not, from what I do know of his philosophy, I don't already don't stand and agree with him on everything, definitely by far. Uh, you know, I'm not by any means like a uh, anarcho-primitivist or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, I don't think that's practical of trying to return to like a pre-industrial farming society, you know, without real yeah, yeah. government or structure or, you know, that kind of stuff. I, I'm not I'm not someone who thinks that's practical nor possible, but, you know, nor do I agree necessarily with, uh, you know, I'll get into it because I do know some about, you know, the actual people he targeted and his methods, obviously, like, I'm not going to come out on the podcast and say, oh, I condone sending mail bombs. I definitely don't. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm not going to say that on podcast. Definitely don't do that. Uh, but, yeah, don't, you know, I don't recommend that one. All of this in mind, I do think he is a vastly uh, interesting figure of note uh, who has only grown more his his ideas and philosophy and even just personal life and journey have grown more and more interesting and relevant as we have become more and more ingrained with uh, communication and technology. Uh, and I think that it is valuable to assess uh, what he believes and what he did and how society played a role in played a role in it. And, uh, you know, what it can tell us about kind of, you know, counter or, you know, revolutionary uh, counter culture type uh, ideals against, you know, societal norms, in this case, technology. And I think there's a lot of interesting analysis and, uh, you know, thought that can be done on this. And I want to explore that, obviously. Um, and I want to try to, you know, I, I do want to do this correspondence, you know, with in mind that now we have a limited time uh, yeah, to do it. So, you know, that's kind of my thought behind it. Um, you know, I know not everyone probably agrees nor uh, understand even the inclination to do this, but I do believe that it is. I, I do believe going forward, maybe, maybe not, maybe because of the powers at play, he won't be, but I believe in a, you know, unbiased, non-propagandized society. He will be and should be seen as a very, if not influential, a uh, interesting to analyze figure in relation to modern society, uh, the treatment um, of people, obviously, with how he's related to MKUltra, um, and, uh, and the intersection of, of technology and society so yeah that's that's kind of my thoughts on that and like i said i'm going to be aiming to do those things and then we'll discuss them next episode before uh the letter gets sent off yeah i can't wait to hear about it i haven't composed obviously i don't really know exactly what i want to say obviously i'm not going to be like i have a podcast and here's a question for you i'm going to try to be more you know I, I want to write it in a way where hopefully we could get a response. Uh, so I don't want to be like, hey, I'm a, I'm a tech-obsessed uh, Zoomer, and I have a podcast. Here's some questions for you. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going to use what I read from his to inform how I write and what I write. But I have some vague notions and ideas that I'm probably going to incorporate. But I'll get to all that next week. Uh, any thoughts on all that, Austin? I'm just excited to hear about it and to 
actually follow through with this kind of like joke that we started a long time ago right because like regardless of like you know i'm not saying i fully agree with everything ted kaczynski stands for but you can't argue that he wasn't smart right or like well spoken and thought about all his opinions like everything that i know about his beliefs and stuff it's not like he just kind of came up with them on a whim you know he's clearly an intelligent man right that's a who sh- just has different preferences for how society should go and that, like i can't fault him for that at yeah, all that's a big thing for me is that i think because of what he did obviously the kind of cultural reaction to that is complete aversion and to completely yeah. want to uh you know dismiss him and everything he thought or believed or or wrote about when i think that's a huge disservice just because he did something terrible which even then, on a scale of like terrible things having been done, I'd say it's very on the low end, actually. No, not honestly, saying that like... it's good, but compared to you know wars and crimes done to populaces of people and marginalized groups, he's very on the low end of terrible things done throughout history and even modern history. So uh, I, I do think it it is it is a mistake to dismiss. Uh, him and the events uh, surrounding him and his writings completely so yeah and i i think obvious honestly as a podcast it's a interesting and and a uh worthwhile step for us to take to you know this is something we did start as kind of a joke but it's kind of furthered as an actual sort of interest of this podcast and i think we not only owe it to potentially the audience but even just to ourselves to kind of explore this avenue of interest for you know what you know it could actually bring meaningful analysis and um you know thought and research and discussion yeah absolutely so that's what's coming up soon uh and i certainly look forward to next week and everything with that um but i guess that's all for today's episode uh that's pretty much it all i had austin any final thoughts no i mean i think we've covered it all right well if we learned anything today uh i'd say um uh don't let your penis fall off wash your dick wash yeah yeah that's what i meant uh wash your dick you dirty fuck and also the winter olympics is uh fucking boring and lame yeah, go watch the Summer Olympic weightlifting. What's his name? Lashka Kalakadze, whatever. The Georgian weightlifter who broke three world records. I'm obsessed with him. So, yeah. He's insane. Go watch that. You know, if you're thinking, oh, I'm going to sit down and watch the Winter Olympics. Instead of that, how about you go wash your fucking dirty dick? Wash your fucking dick. And until next time, uh, wash your dick. Goodbye. Splish, splash, I was taking a bath. Long about a Saturday night, yeah. Rubbed up, just relaxing in the tub, thinking everything was alright. When I stepped out the tub, put my feet on the floor, I wrapped the towel around me and I opened the door. And in a splish splash, I jumped back in the bath. Well, I was out and know there was a party going.